You know, that's the thing about atheism. It doesn't take away the pain. It just takes away your hope. And you're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McNoddle, and I am not going to be afraid to say the name Jesus. With me, as always, is film critic Daniel Barnes. God bless you. Thank you. Oh, wait. That's illegal now. (laughs) I forgot. Hi, everyone. As Corky said, on this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them on our unique system. A run-of-the-mill bad film is rated a dare. We give a double dare to those truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for a despised movie that is actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we get our Pure Flicks fix with a review of Maestro Harold Kronk's God's Not Dead 2. We're also going to read a couple movie dares sent in by our listeners. But before we get started, Daniel, the Christian warrior himself, <laughs> steps out of the lion's den to tell us about the beer we're drinking during the show. Well, of course, we have a beer from Moonraker, as we often do on this show. Moonraker, Love Moonraker. From Auburn, California. This is a triple IPA, but the name, I just could not resist this name. Benevolent Overlord. Oh. There are a lot of benevolent, would-be benevolent overlords in this movie, God's Not Dead too. Not the least of which, God, um, but the, a lot of the uh, humans on Earth uh, want to be benevolent overlords, too. Uh, it's a triple IPA. It's got Simcoe, Citra, Galaxy, and Apollo hops. It's 100 IBUs. That's International Bittering Units. That means it's hoppy, and that means it's bitter. This is an old-school, yeah. big, hoppy Triple IPA, super like almost that kind of hop diesel-y kind of a thing where it's almost <laughs> like, whew, holy moly, you're breathing fire. But yeah, it is a really smooth uh, drinking, of course, as Moonraker, and it's just a delicious beer, another one. So before we get into our feature presentation, we're going to read for you a few listener dares. First up on the list is from frequent dare and friend of the show, Jana Sinclair. Hello, Jana. Hi, Jana. She dared us, this was probably before the holiday, she dared us Christmas Vacation too. Ah, uh, yeah. This movie's from 2003, also known as Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. (laughs) Directed by Nick Mark, stars Kate Simmons, Jake Thomas, and Randy Quaid. Not even top build. (laughs) (laughs) How bad of a movie is it that Randy Quaid was like, listen, I got an image to hold, I'm only going to be in a little bit of this movie. When Randy Quaid doesn't want to be associated (laughs) with it. Why did Jaina Dara's Christmas Vacation 2? She says... They say that suicide rates increase during the holidays, and after watching this movie, I plan on joining them. Wow, Jaina. That's dark. I'm going to give you my number. Dark. All this turd... Turd. Jaina listens. All this turd has to offer is Randy Quaid and a farting dog. That's all Dan has to offer, too. Well, sometimes that's enough. I'm so sorry. P.S. I don't really use social media outside of Reddit. Found the podcast thanks to Corky Hawk and your wares on the Bad Movie subreddit. Nice. A real cool subreddit. So unfortunately, we're not Facebook friends, but it does make me curious if he knows another Jaina. The only other two I've ever heard of are from the Star Wars EU and Warcraft games. It's not the Jaina you were thinking of? Yes. From the Warcraft games? Oh, no. <laughs> I actually am Facebook friends uh, with the Jaina from Warcraft games. <laughs> The IMDb synopsis for Christmas Vacation 2 is a holiday to the South Pacific turns awry when Cousin Eddie's family and a tour guide are shipwrecked on an island. (laughs) Good fuck. Delightful. They they let Randy Quaid loose in the South Pacific? (laughs) They should not let that man travel. That's an international event. Unbelievable. Put him on a list. All right, but thank you very much, Jaina. Great dare. Great dare. Maybe that's one for Christmas 2020. Wow. 
But thank you very much. Great dare by Jaina. Next dare comes to us from Nathan Hansen. Do you know Nathan Hansen? I do not. Who are you, Nathan Hansen? He knows Jaina. You know, oh, that's Jaina? I think what? he's from the Warcraft universe. <laughs> he, what do you got for us, Nathan Hansen? He's got In the Name of the King, colon, mm. a dungeon siege tale. This film is from 2007. Of course, it's directed by Maestro Uwe Boll. Stars, I mean, it's got all-star yeah. cast. I mean, huge air quotes all in all-star, but stars Jason Statham, Ron Perlman, Ray Liotta, Burt Reynolds. I mean, those are just all people who could just disappear into any, like a fantasy adventure. Absolutely. Those I people are it. not dated in any way. Uh, based on a video game, IMDb synopsis, a man named Farmer sets out to rescue his kidnapped wife and avenge the death of his son, Two acts committed by the Krugs, a race of animal warriors who are all controlled by the evil Galleon. That was all one sentence. Why, Nathan Hansen, do you want us to watch In the Name of the King, Colin, A Dungeon Siege Tale? He says this movie is bafflingly inept on every front. To the extent that it functions best as an unintentional comedy, self-acclaimed auteur, self-acclaimed, Uwe Ball committed himself to circumventing all conventional cinematic logic with this film. Unsure of what tone to take for a medieval epic based on middling RPG, Uwe landed on an all-you-can-film buffet of Lord of the Rings-esque violence, slapdash gravitas, and high camp. Characters are literally informing themselves of their own motivations as plot twists unfold without rhyme or reason. Even Ron Perlman looks embarrassed delivering his lines. I could go on, but I won't spoil any more of it for you. Other than to quote Matthew Lillard, make it happen. Are you familiar with this film, Corky? I am familiar with it. Have this you seen film. it? Yeah. So I recommended the How Did This Get Made podcast, watch this movie. Okay. Because it's it was like the worst movie I'd seen. Right. It was 2011, maybe. It's, it's ridiculously oh, bad. Man. And they did watch it. Yes, yeah. they did. That was one of the reviews. I mean, that's kind of how I knew about it. And I, I ended up watching it. And oh boy, it's bad. I oh. mean, it's 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 crazy enough, but it's also just crazy because yeah. hey, everyone is people like Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds and Jason Statham. They should not be in a fantasy setting. Like that just it doesn't work. And, the milieu is all wrong. And you I like what I said to them on the message boards, fifteen minutes in, I challenge you to tell me who any of these people <laughs> like, who are. are they? How are they how are like, they connected? What are they after? Like what where do they want to go? Yeah. Yeah. And there's it's just like crazy stuff is not like all of a sudden there's ninjas at one point like you're just ninjas <laughs> like you're walking around like there's dragons and there's knights and there's all this magic and all this and then there's ninjas yeah like in the forest ray liotta films like all his scenes in one room yes. that he does not leave <laughs> but that is a good one that's a good it would certainly be a fun one to to pick apart for yeah sure. i haven't revisited it so there might be a fun one to revisit absolutely so thank you nathan hansen for your dare and now our feature presentation God's Not Dead 2. Now, we didn't get dared God's Not Dead 2, but we did get dared God's Not Dead 1. This is more of our calling to this review this movie. <laughs> You're really taking that Christian warrior thing seriously. Bring it. <laughs> How were we led to the light of God's Not Dead? It was from frequent dare and friend of the show, Mike Dub. Mike Dub was the one who dared us to watch God's Not Dead originally. Thank you very much, Mike Dub. And if you're not familiar with God's Not Dead, we just re-released our episode from last year on it with a special bonus intro to it, so it's worth checking out, and it's the episode right before this one. The IMDb synopsis for God's Not Dead 2 is as such. When a high school teacher is asked a question in class about Jesus, her response lands her in deep trouble. Corky, would you say that God's Not Dead 2 retreads a lot of the same ground as 
I wouldn't say it that succinctly and concisely. I'd probably have a lot of trouble saying that. Yes, our film today, it is God's Not Dead 2. Sequel to God's Not Dead. Retreads a lot of the same ground as the first film. Harold Kronk, Kronk Magic, returns as director. Many of our old favorites come back for part two. I'm going to name them out and kind of clap for your favorites and don't clap for ones that you don't like as much. Okay? We'll judge them by that. Pastor Dave. He's played by Pure Flick. I'm the only one. Gabby Pure Flick's founder, David R. A. R. White. How about Jude, the African missionary? Oh, there we go. Yeah, absolutely. Martin, the Chinese guy. Okay, just mild clapping. How about liberal Amy? There we go. Oh, yeah, the West Coast elitists to the house. So a lot of your favorites come back. How about Newsboys? Okay, good to get the level there. There we go. Josh, the baby-faced fascist, is gone. Mr. Radisson, of course, is dead. He's feeling the light of heaven on God's lap right now, so that's his punishment. Screw you, Mr. Radisson. Boo. <laughs> Duck Dynasty told me to boo you. Uh, this time, instead of a student being attacked by a teacher, it is a teacher being attacked by the government. Mm. Huge twist. Film was shot in Arkansas, not in Baton Rouge like the predecessor. It's supposed to take place in the same town, the fictional town of Hope Springs. Yeah. Hope Springs. That's Eternal. <laughs> All the time. Star Power taken up a notch yes. for the sequel. In the original, Kevin Sorbo was probably your biggest star in that one, and then Dude from Duck Dynasty, and then the Newsboys. Newsboys, again, are back. Well, yeah. And I we hate Buried them. the lead on that. However, in this film, we get... Melissa Joan Hart, she's TV, Sabrina. Jesse Metcalf, Ernie Hudson, the fourth Ghostbuster. Robin Givens, the former Miss Mike Tyson. Former Senator Fred Dalton Thompson. Ray Wise from Twin Peaks. Pat Boone and former Governor Mike Huckabee. Release date for God's Not Dead 2, April 1, 2016. Domestic gross $20.7 million against a budget of $5 million. That's pretty solid, 4-1. to one. I mean, that's a hit. Although the original grossed sixty-one million against a budget of two million, you're not going to be thirty that. to one. Uh, again, the West Coast liberal elitist critics tried to bury it, tried to silence the Christians, tried their best. Eight on Rotten Tomatoes, twenty-two on Metacritic. Mm. But Corky, you are exactly, exactly the sort of atheistic, elitist, snobbish. Soy drinking. Anti-God. Uh, God murderer. Can we say that? Yeah, I think that's just. That this movie has warned me about, and that the f predecessor warned me about as well. So obviously these movies absolutely tortured you. It was just uh, burning on the skin, I'm sure, just yeah. to have these values shoved in your face. So which movie would you say tortured you more? God's Not Dead or God's Not Dead 2? Dan, uh, I hate to say this, but I'm triggered. So can we please say just G's not D? Sure. Because as a left coast liberal elite atheist, <laughs> I abhor all types of open discussion. No. I want to shut down. Yeah. And I will use all the power of the government at my disposal. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I forgot your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which movie did you hate more? God's Not Dead 1. Really? I hated God's Not Dead 1 because I knew what to expect. 
You, yeah, you you had the level set at that Yeah, point, exactly. Right? Yeah, it wasn't the shock value. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this movie goes to another level. Yeah. Like, it really does go to another level. Like, you could definitely say that God's Not Dead feeds that sort of persecution complex of evangelical Christians. God's Not Dead 2 takes that complex to Golden Corral, <laughs> unhinges its jaw, and just shoves mashed potatoes and gravy in. Like, it is absolutely fucking bananas. In the first film, Mr. Radisson, the teacher, yes, he's supposed to be kind of emblematic of an anti-Christian sentiment that the filmmakers believe exists on college campuses yes. today, right. or at least in 2014 when it was made. I'm sure they've cleaned it up since then. Sure, yeah. Right. But he was basically a lone wolf. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, he was not part of a grand conspiracy to... to get people to admit that God was not dead. As it turns out, he was kind of just dealing with his own shit about like his dead mom and stuff yeah. like that, right? Yeah. In this film, the government is going around rounding up rogue Christians like it's Quo Vadis. Like yeah. it is like I expected there to be like a pit with lions in it. They were just throwing pastors in there. Like this movie is fucking crazy as fuck. No, you're right. I did hate this one more because I, I didn't text you at all in the middle of the first one going why the fuck are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> As I did with this one. I didn't have to stop the first one every 20 minutes just to shake my head and, and yeah, hold like, myself. Take a little break. Yeah. Like, remember that the world is okay. And yeah. it's, not, it's not all that bad. No, I love this movie. Oh, it's insane. Let's get into it. So we open up. It uh, has the usual Lifetime movie of the week aesthetic. It, it just very much looks like a TV movie on a basic cable channel. Pastor Dave. We come right back to Pastor Dave. Again, he's played by David A.R. White. He's a co-founder of Pure Flix Entertainment. He's one of the producers of these movies. He's started in, he's This uh, guy's been in Christian propaganda films since the 90s, since he was a child. He's on the meme, Jesus, bro. Yeah. The one where he gives a thumbs up. If you've seen that meme, that's him. Which is so ridiculous that he's so still this paranoid and tries to make it so that he's so persecuted. You've been on this grift for three decades, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. Your second generation, this grift. Uh, but don't worry, the impeccable comic timing, it's still there. Oh, yes. He hilariously spills things on himself. He is so clumsy. Oh, can you believe it? Where's your Messiah now, Pastor Dave? <laughs> you spilled liquid on yourself. <laughs> so he's doubting God. No, just kidding. He's way into God. So then we meet Grace. She is an 11th grade AP history teacher played by Melissa Joan Hart. As I said, she is... TV's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. But 11th grade AP history is American history. Amer yeah, U.S. history. Remember that later when she is talking about Gandhi <laughs> and Jesus <laughs> in her classroom. We get a montage of all kinds of, like Dan said, Hallmark, Lifetime movies. There's praying. There's all God's glory and creation. And a waving flag. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. God loves nothing more than the American flag. <laughs> Stars and Stripes is getting raised by firemen. Absolutely. Men in uniform raising the, the this Stars is a good and Bars. Good values. Keep your anti Christian sentiment out of here, but no such luck. Grace, she's caring for. Wait. Her. Is her name Grace? Her na well, did you catch that? Did, Did you catch that? Is your name Grace J. Christian Girl? <laughs> <laughs> so Grace, she cares for her ailing father. Mm -hmm. He is played by Pat Boone. 
She loves God. She's got a positive attitude. That's what everyone's always telling. Man, you're so positive and everything's so good. Melissa Joan Hart, her face looks utterly pained throughout this entire movie. I think that might just be bad acting or just like what happened to my life. I think she prayed for Botox injections. (laughs) That face doesn't move a muscle. And God was right there for her. (laughs) Pat Boone, her dad, tells her that he's getting near to passing on, shuffling off this mortal coil. And it's about time she thought about getting some dick. Not in those words, but pretty much the same thing. It was strongly implied. We meet Brooke. She's a troubled student in Grace's AP history class. This movie is so clumsy about doling out plot information. So her brother is dead. I guess. No, he's dead. He's dead. It's like, it's but hard to figure out. they don't say it concretely for a while. No, but her brother is dead. Her parents are kind of shoveling it under the rug. Grace sees in class that she's bothered. Like, she's just bothered by something, right? And actually asks her, you know, is something wrong? And Brooke at first says, no, no big deal. But then Brooke kind of comes back and, like, brings her problems to Grace, who instantly, like, they go to a cafe, right? Her and this, her 16-year-old student. So this isn't happening in class. Brooke says she's troubled by her brother's death and that her parents aren't kind of dealing with it. Grace immediately starts grilling this kid about her religious beliefs. What do you believe? What did he believe? What's your religious background? What are you into? And then the the student, again, this is an impressionable minor in her class. She's taking her out to coffee for this, grooming her to become a Christian. You know, how do you feel? How are you so chill and at ease and, and graceful, I guess, full of grace? And of course, Grace says, God. Right. I fully on recommend that you become a Christian and find God. Like that's her advice to her. Remember that later when she's found not guilty. She also of talks to her. Guilty of. She talks to her as Christians do often talk to you, assuming that of course you believe as they believe. Cause she says, there's nothing wrong with asking yourself if you actually believe in God, we all do it. And the, the implication is there's nothing wrong with asking yourself. As long as your answer is yes, <laughs> just have the right answer. That's okay. Question. Good question. Great. He, he wants you to question. A lot of questions. That's the implication. One God, answer. God makes you question him. Liberal Amy. She's still alive. <laughs> Not only is she still alive, she and the newsboys prayed away that cancer. She goes in and they tell her, doctor says she's cancer free. She comes right out and she gets a call from Michael Tate of the newsboys. <laughs> and he's just like, what's up with the cancer? Yeah. Amy, what's your deal? And she's like, I don't have any more cancer. And he's like, oh my God, that's fantastic. Prayer is a powerful thing. That's his quote. Medical science did nothing. Did nothing. No doctors, nothing. Here is the magnetic image to prove it. I have the x-rays that will prove that medical science is utterly useless. Then this- Why did you go to the doctor then? Uh, Exactly. Exactly. Why did you go to a priest to get that thing prayed out? (laughs) This is shot. The newsboys are calling calling her from a van. They're all in the same van. And I like to think that that's not their tour van, that they're just like- to make money because the newsboys don't make any money. They're like van salesmen. That's just, <laughs> they're hiding out. Ever and the drummer it? has aged like 30 years. Yeah. Time has not been kind to Michael Tate of the newsboys. <laughs> so Brooke finds her brother's Bible and it turns out that her brother who. No, 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 no. She doesn't find her brother's Bible. The uh, Salvation Army gets a commercial because there's a big Salvation Army truck. They've they've given away all his belongings because, you know, atheists do not love their children at all. Once they're dead, they're out of our memory. 
They're giving away all his belongings. The woman from the Salvation Army has apparently rifled through the boxes of his belongings <laughs> and comes and says, I think you might want this. And it's his Bible. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's the one thing that I think you might want. This. We'll take all the rest of this, but you keep this Bible. Yeah, we can't we can't sell this shit. We can't we can't sell this Bible. So we go back to Grace and her father, again played by Pat Boone. Pat Boone makes a really kind of wise homespun grandfatherly speech uh, where he recommends outlawing non-christians that's <laughs> right. just it's just grandfatherly wisdom right there we have a quote basic human right of knowing god or else yeah i wrote it's 12 minutes in and this movie has already out demonized atheism than the first one <laughs> and he says of course as you said at the beginning of the show atheism doesn't take away the pain it just takes away the hope so Brooke, again, she's got her brother's Holy Bible. She leaves through it. She's like, oh my God, he was like super into religion, but because everyone in the Deep South is so fervently anti-Christian, he had to kind of hide it. He was in the closet with his Christianity. That's right. He was a closet Christian. Oh, fuck. <laughs> his parents didn't know. So Grace is teaching something, in something about Gandhi and MLK in class. Martin yeah. Luther King and Gandhi in It's class. the U.S. history section on nonviolence. <laughs> Leaders from around the world. <laughs> Brooke asked the question. Brooke asked the most loaded question in the history of loaded questions. She's just like, hmm, that sounds a lot like what Jesus said in the Bible. Is that like the perfect son of God Jesus said to love everybody and never do anything wrong? <laughs> and of course, Grace, hands are tied at this point. She's been asked a question. She's got to. Has to quote scripture at length. Several pages of scripture just come flowing out of her mouth. <laughs> yes that's the way the movie paints it for the rest of the movie is she was just a teacher answering a, question, a student's question she was cornered by that question she proselytizes in class yes there's no justification for what she does in class everybody's ratcheted up about what it meant but she proselytizes absolutely and again what she's teaching has nothing to do with the subject that she's teaching. Not she not. has gone completely rogue here. There's no way that Gandhi is in the fucking AP U.S. history. For fucking, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Does it make sense? Uh, we meet the principal of the school, though. Robin Givens! Hey! Hey, Robin Givens, how you doing? She finds out about this, and boy, oh boy, oh boy, are you in trouble. You are in trouble. You were talking about Jesus in class, and that is against the law. Lady, no more praying for you ever. Right. She puts down the hammers like, no more God at this school. Uh, we finally have the De Niro Pacino heat meeting between Pastor Dave and Chinese student number one, Martin. <laughs> that Martin. moment of cinematic oh, chemistry. This movie is like Avengers Endgame. All your favorites just come together for scenes, and They're you're just like, oh, yeah, like that's it. I wrote fan fiction about that. This now is happening. This is, sorry, this is Bunk confronting Omar in season three of The Wire level. <laughs> oh, yes. So Grace decides that she can't apologize. Yeah, the the school board's meeting. Yeah. The school board's meeting. They're going to discuss all this. What's what's going on? The school board, and of course, there's lawyers involved, and all the lawyers are evil unless and they're not. There's also her teacher union rep yes. with her who turns on her in the so fucking fast. drop of a hat. So fast, Grace. She's a smoky southerner woman. Grace, how could you bring up Jesus? <laughs> I'm a southern Christian woman. I hate Jesus. <laughs> 
So we meet Jesse Metcalf. He plays this lawyer who oh. has been assigned to Grace's case because apparently they're going to have a trial. Yeah. They have not charged her with anything. I don't know what the trial is or who would be conducting the trial. Like, this is yeah. like so weird that there's just like, what? this is so, literally the plot of Kafka's The Trial. Re- like, this is- Remember how the first movie was written by people who are contemptuous of college and its attempt to write for people who go to college and sound smart? This movie's attempt to write for the courtroom is taken from Perry Mason episodes. <laughs> oh, thank God, yes. Divorce court episodes. There is a scene later where they're at the trial, this insane Kafka-esque show trial, and within 90 seconds of screen time, both the defense lawyer and the prosecution lawyer do the bit where they ask what seems to be the last question, start to walk back to, the, back to their desk, stop, turn around, and say, one last question. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy fuck. Okay, so I guess you've seen like some Law and Order episodes or something. <laughs> like, what? This, this is so fucking bad. There's an episode of Futurama where there's a court proceeding to take a place and the lawyer is a southern <laughs> lawyer who's a chicken and it's more realistic it's... than the trial in this so yes she's not been charged with any crimes but anyway she has a lawyer now jesse yeah. metcalf he's this young lawyer he's he doesn't believe in god but yes oh yeah but, oh, he's but very she's sharpening her knives you better believe it baby and he is impossibly good looking and isn't that perfect because her father the only man in her life is near death <laughs> That's perfect. And it's also perfect because the age difference between Pat Boone and her is the same as Melissa Joan Hart and this Jesse Metcalf guy. <laughs> but yeah, he works for this big firm. He w- He's low on the pole, so he got assigned her case. This, I don't know, pro bono case where you defend God? Yeah, because he just loves a good fight. He yeah, loves a good absolutely. scrap. He's like, we're going to win. We're going to win. So they go to this sort of negotiation session and they get the offer from the school board, which is confess, confess that you're a Christian and then never discuss Jesus again. <laughs> Cackle slightly implied, but it, you know what I mean? It's there in their eyes. But what does Grace say? She says, no way, Jose, yeah. I'm taking this to court. All the way to court. What are you taking to court? I don't know. Like what? What court? This what? is like you her have co- not been charged with a crime or anything. Her Copernicus has to deny that the Earth goes around the sun. Moment. <laughs> <laughs> they actually decide. Like, let's have a trial to see if you did anything wrong. Is that the <laughs> way the I law works? Anything works. A school like board that. just decides like, that we get to have a trial. Bring someone on trial, and then we'll just. And then the, the school board decides we will abide by the outcome of this sham trial. Yes. <laughs> You know what struck me is that Grace in this movie is essentially a cuter version of Kim Davis, oh, who is the clerk yeah. from Kentucky who denied gay marriage licenses in her county, mm-hmm. and then kind of rode that to sort of this right wing sort of mole woman media thing, celebration. Yeah. yeah, it's she's going to say, "I'm not going to be afraid to say the name Jesus." Oh, absolutely. I- <laughs> But you know, when has an American ever been afraid? When have you ever in America been made? The fucking place was settled (laughs) by European religious zealots. That's our history, Uh, 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 you know, as it is now. There were natives here for thousands of years. But however, this is persecution complex does not exist in America. Or does it? Because (laughs) guess who's coming after Grace? Guess who's coming after Grace, Corky? (laughs) Who's that? 
The American Civil Liberties Union. <laughs> now, I don't know who you're talking about. ACLU. Okay, so the acronym ACLU does not stand for Anti-Christian Lawyer Union? Because <laughs> that's what it apparently is in here. They are licking their chops to get on this case. And who is the head lawyer for the ACLU? Ray freaking wise. This is my favorite performance in the movie. I, I gotta say. It turned out to be evil. <laughs> it's my favorite performance. <laughs> like, you might remember him best as the incestuous serial murder <laughs> demon possessed father from Twin Peaks. It was one of his lighter roles. <laughs> it was uh, more comedic than, than a lot of the stuff that he does <laughs> where he's really a bad guy. Ray wise has one of those actor photograph things where there's the four poses and each one is just (laughs) him eating baby hearts in each one Uh, but ACLU is going to prosecute her in court under what charges we'll figure it out don't worry about it he says we're going to prove once and for all that God is dead that's his that's his whole thing which like holy crap you don't even believe in God but how would you prove that in right, court. Right, in court. You're a lawyer. One way or the fucking other, right? Like, it, it's... Uh... And he basically creams his jeans when he finds out that Brooke, <laughs> his her parents, are willing to put her on trial as their witness. Yeah, again, because they're materialists. They're really shallow. And this somehow... All they care about is money and fame. This is going to get them into an... Get her into an Ivy League school. Them testifying at a trial they don't want her to testify they won't let her testify and in fact brooke starts protesting at school with tape over her mouth robin Mm. gibbons Mm -hmm. is beside herself so now we get these jury selection processes (laughs) oh my god is this appalling holy fuck i mean racial profiling uh, gender profiling every kind of profiling you could imagine marine profiling oh yeah what tv a- show do you like profiling <laughs> what's your favorite color profiling this I is mean, the like- voir dire where we're choosing who's going to go on the jury and this is where we introduce to ernie hudson as the judge in the court and of all the performances in <laughs> this movie moly. ernie hudson's performance what do you think he was directed to do i think that he thought he was doing a colonel sanders kfc commercial sure that's that his accent <laughs> that's his accent <laughs> And he's just, that's not going to go in my court. Bang, bang. Ernie, you don't have to bang the gavel every time. You're out of order, counselor. But guess who one of the jurors is? Who's that? It's Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave? He's he's sitting way at the end of that that jury group, right? He's way at the end, like, hope I don't get called. Hope I don't get it. Hope I don't get it. I don't want to do my civil duty. Absolutely not. And right before Ray Wise makes an idiot mistake where he's like, look at that guy. That guy's a Marine. I want him out of here. I hate the troops. Marines Marines are going to all believe in God, so they're going to be for this case. And then he just lets this pastor's upon the jury because he's run out of challenges or whatever. It's like, that doesn't mean someone just goes on the jury and you don't ask them any questions or anything. You still have to like... Go through a process. And do you, do you just- He just gets on by default. And do you sit there and go, hey, stricken, and then you that's it? You can't like go, oh, wait, no, actually, I want to use that strike for that other person? <laughs> or do you not look at a list and see the guy's name is Reverend Dave? <laughs> Occupation. There's like Pastor. a- There's a 20-minute edited scene of Ray Wise looking at it and just going back and forth between Lance Corporal <laughs> and Reverend. God, who do I hate more? 
So anyway, the Ray Wise, the idiot ACLU lawyer, lets Pastor Dave slip on to the jury. Yeah. And I mean, Pastor Dave is obviously, obviously going to sympathize with grace because of God. We go back to liberal Amy. Liberal Amy, cancer-free, but you know what? She's still kind of searching. She still hasn't figured it all out yet, right? Yeah. She wants to, quote, explore faith on her own terms. She's going to blog about it. She's going to write an expose on faith. She's going to blog about her own faith. So she's just kind of exploring. She's going around exploring. That's what liberal Amy's doing. We go back to Martin. Martin's the Chinese guy. Also kind of starting to question his faith a little bit. We're at a little bit of a, you know, this is the uh, Empire Strikes Back, right? So it's getting a little dark for for our heroes. He's just asking question after question after question, which prompts Rev Dave every time. If you thought coffee spilling on him was a big deal, oh boy, these questions from this Chinese kid. Every time he gets asked these questions, it's obviously a hassle to Reverend Dave. Oh, boy. Big time. Maybe this is a fucking hint. If, yes. if every one of your dumbass questions gets answered with something so ridiculously hard to comprehend, maybe your religion isn't really, yeah, you know, fact-based. <laughs> Explore some of the other religions. Man. If I can't give you right answers. <laughs> ugh. Yeah. We haven't. We're probably not going to talk that much about what's going on with them because it is so fucking boring back at the church. The real meat of this movie is in this trial, man. Mm. I called it the no J trial because <laughs> there's no Jesus allowed. So the evil lawyer, Ray Weiss, he makes his opening statement. He says that, quote, the future of our republic depends on prosecuting this high school teacher without any charges. Grace's lawyer, of course, he starts pulling that old original founder's logic out of his ass. Separation of church and state. Thomas Jefferson didn't mean to have the separated church and state to protect this state from the church. Oh, except he but did. But rather the other way around. <laughs> but here's the thing. What does it matter? <laughs> Are you saying that because like we're not getting the right attention, no separation anymore? It doesn't matter what they were intent was to protect. Yeah, right. The intent was to separate church and state. End of fucking story. Just because it literally doesn't say the words no separation of church and state in the Constitution. Yes. They think that that's something that's evidence. Slam dunk. (laughs) Slam dunk. Like, let's ignore every Supreme Court case that is ever like. (laughs) Or every letter Thomas Jefferson wrote in private. Uh, yeah, the Jesse Metcalf as a lawyer, he even does the careful about saying God bless you. Like he is, Ugh. he's making these arguments, these original founder type arguments. One of the jurors, like right on cue, sneezes right in the middle of this, and he just jumps right in without missing a beat. Like careful now, don't say God bless you. No, actually, someone sneezes, and then another person says loudly, God bless you, and right. he says, careful now. It's going to be illegal soon to say God bless you when someone sneezes. Yeah. Which obviously this is what the trial is about, right? Yeah, exactly. And no other lawyer says, actually, that's evidence of how God is all pervasive and Christianity is all pervasive in our system. And you are not a persecuted minority <laughs> that people just say God bless you out of reflex when they don't mean actually bless you from the God, from God. Ugh! Good times. Liberal Amy. She decides to go meet with Brooke. Brooke. So I don't remember. I don't remember how Brooke got hooked up with liberal Amy. Through her shitty friend, her, her her shitty friend who is actually a member of the Duck Dynasty clan. Oh, really? Yeah, she is uh, Amy's niece. 
Amy's very Christian niece. Yes, yeah, so she's Amy's niece. So then she hooks Bro- her Brooke friend Brooke up, up with Amy, and they go to like the same coffee shop that everybody in this movie goes to. It's like we got one coffee shop set. Everyone go to the same one. There, it's a weird scene where she is asking about the, Brooke. Kind of wants to come forward, and she wants to testify at this trial. And, you know, everyone's telling her not to. And liberal Amy gives her like a little kind of winky sort of look and says, do you always do what you're told? Like, it's very saucy and inappropriate because it's a child. (laughs) And you're a grown adult. You're an adult. But it's true what they say, Dan. Carefully written coincidental plot development moves in mysterious ways. (laughs) You find out that the school that she goes to is named MLK High School, Martin Luther King High School. Oh, boy. What fucking rural southern school (laughs) is going to be named MLK and have that many white students? It's not going to happen. And the scene where the white male conservative lawyer grills the black female educator about MLK. You can't see me doing it, but chef's kiss. Mm. Oh, that's... Oh, the bouquet on that. Oh, the racism. It's... It's so subtle. The privileged white maleness. <laughs> Have you read Letter from a Birmingham Jail? <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, you awful person. We get the least necessary callback, I think, of all uh, time. Remember the car <laughs> rental guy who kept delivering Pastor Dave and Jude the car that wouldn't start and did it over and over and over again, even though he drove the car? Yeah. To Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave couldn't start it. He's back. He's back. And he's if, a lawyer. If you, or he's a waiter. He's, he's a waiter. And if you didn't remember what he was from, he lets you know by his he, opening. He, Sorry about the whole car not working thing. K. Oh. Call back. Yeah. K. He's but also come also out of the closet out. in between. <laughs> we also find out Pastor Dave bought a Prius. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. But where is Pastor Dave and Jude? Where are they? They're at a meeting of reverends and pastors in the Arkansas area, in this Hope Springs, wherever. And in walks Senator Fred Dalton Thompson, playing one of the pastors, I guess. And he informs them that the government has decided that they will be subpoenaing all of your sermons they're going to subpoena all well, your they, ser- the hard copies of your sermon. They tried it in Houston, Dan. He says that. <laughs> so it says, could they do that? And Fred Dalton goes, they tried it in Houston. <laughs> like, what? What What did they try in Houston? Because this doesn't make sense. Bring a written copy of your sermon and we will look at the it. The case it- they're referencing in Houston, and that actually didn't succeed. They were, they were uh, forced to give them back was because pastors were using their pulpit for political campaigns. I see. They were endorsing, and you have to re- return your tax exempt status if you start doing that. And they refused to. And uh, they confiscated them, and then, but they ha- were forced to return them. But that's what it's about. The movie knows this, but it's <laughs> not going to put that in there. It's not going to put that in there. The other part I want to mention when he says it's, uh, sorry about the whole car not starting thing. Rev Dave doesn't take the opportunity to go, no, 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 it's okay. We got to watch a man die and then and then force him to convert. 
the car thing is okay. Yeah, a, it all worked it out. It really worked out in the end. Thank the you. The three for that. days of delay was fine because we got to watch a man die a horrible death. Right. Maybe We're, you being a waiter now will cause someone else's death. We'll, I mean, <laughs> sure. Maybe someone crossed. could choke. Fingers. Hey, we can refuse wood. them medical assistance until <laughs> they convert. See. Yeah. If anyone chokes, you tap me on the shoulder. Don't help them. And today will be a good day. While <laughs> while they're in their <laughs> period that all their sermons are going to be stolen. Pastor Dave starts, he says, well, I'm on the, I'm on a jury. (laughs) Pastor Dave says, I'm in a jury. I'm in a case right now that deals with this. I can't really share details. And then proceeds to share all of the (laughs) details, details. all the details. Like he absolutely just shares all of the details of this case that he's working on because he is human garbage. Already decided the outcome. And now he finds out. He's getting prosecuted in a similar fashion to Grace, if you believe that they're being prosecuted. Now, not to get all secular humanist on your ass, but seems to me, Pastor Dave, the right thing to do in this situation, maybe tap the bailiff or the jury foreman on the shoulder and say, hey, I can't serve on this jury. (laughs) This is a conflict of interest, a deep, deep conflict of interest. I'm being prosecuted for the same thing right now. Also, I'm a pastor. Also, I've decided the outcome of this case. Also, I've shared all of the details of this case <laughs> with other pastors who are going to go and share the details of this case in their subpoenas that they're not going to hand over anymore. But no, Pastor Dave decides, I'm going to clam up. I'm going to pull some runaway jury bullshit on their ass. <laughs> like He seriously goes Grisham on their ass. We have M- Melissa Joan Hart and her lawyer have a Chinese dinner, and it's not a date. We have to say that. So he has to announce, this is not a date, so it's billable. <laughs> if it was a date, I could not bill for the time. We get Melissa Joan Hart's story of how she became Christian. Oh. As if she wasn't Christian. We met her dad. Right. As if she was not Christian. <laughs> to them, not being Christian means I was raised Christian. I'm reinforced by a Christian community. But I haven't actually said the words, I accept Jesus Christ in my heart. That's what. That's what it is to them. Right, I, and it's uh, not even that big of a story. No. There's no big moment. She just saw someone having a bad day. It was like, oh, yeah, I guess. Well, she heard God speak to her. God is good. Oh, that's right. She had an auditory hallucination. She heard God speak to her. God asked her a question, and she answered and decided, you know what? Boom, I'm on God's team now. In right this now. movie, we've seen her talk to herself alone <laughs> in a room. <laughs> sure. To call it prank. We've told, had her brag about her auditory hallucinations, <laughs> and she's proselytizing in class. Why isn't this woman committed? Right. <laughs> Take remove any of the subjects she's talking about, you would commit that person. So Martin's dad, you remember Martin's dad from the first film, he called up when Mart when Josh was making his case and Martin was starting to come around to the side of Christianity, his dad called him and said, Shut it down, just go to class. If the teacher says God's dead, God's dead. Yeah, right. Boom. Done. Done so. Martin's dad shows up, just shows up at Martin's apartment, I guess, slaps him for believing in God. And then goes back to China. <laughs> they have a 90-second encounter. He's like, I got to fly to China. Slap you. Now back to China. That's a long flight. Yes. You really, I mean, just handling that over there. Yeah, text. That's a text. <laughs> the, I just dawned on me, in, these, in the two movies I've seen, the only acts of violence that are committed by immigrants, by people who are not American, <laughs> not Christian. That, I don't think that's by accident. He just showed up to slap him for believing in God. Now back to my godless paradise. No God in China. I, li- I like to imagine that on that uh, plane flight, 
somewhere around like Burma. He's just cocking his hand back. Houston <laughs> <laughs> Bull is halfway there. He lands on the Atlantic and he's three quarters smack. I don't have time for this. I got to get back to China real quick. Oh my God. But Grace's lawyer, he's got a new defense, a new defense. He says, quote, just because certain facts are recorded in the Bible doesn't mean they aren't facts. What? Well, yes. That's, what? that's the thing. They, this what movie, does that have to do with American history? And why does this movie now start saying facts and Bible in the same sentence as if it's verifiable? Well, they decide that they're going to use facts as they tried to Josh apparently successfully did in yeah. God's Not Dead 2, and the first God's Not Dead, excuse me, they're going to use facts to prove the existence of God. Yes. You know, we're going to use science to prove the existence of God. Also, we hate science. Wasn't this a trial about a teacher proselytizing in class? So yeah, now we're going to get Christian apologists debating, not really debating, telling us yeah. the, quote, facts of Jesus's resurrection, not just his life, because they're all like, "Oh, we can prove that Jesus oh, yeah. really lived. Jesus really lived." That's not that controversial, right? Right? Like, I think it's, it's debatable. Ex- not a slam dunk, no, but it's not that controversial. No. But no, they they have a witness who can absolutely, absolutely is his word. Prove it, prove it. And he says, "Well, I can prove it right now. Why you used the Bible to swear me in? That's proof right there." What? Fucking hell. What? <laughs> what the fuck? This whole segment of the movie is a bunch of book plugs by authors. It really is. It's plugging yeah. their There's books. like the Case for Christ guy shows yeah. up. Lee Strobel. With the real life existence of Jesus, which again, seems widely acceptance, have to do with God being dead or not dead. Yes. And what does that have to do what with what any of that have doing? to do with this trial is? <laughs> What even is this fucking no, trial? I don't know. The ACLU versus They've decided the they're going to prove that God's not God's dead. And Grace is like, well, I'm going to prove he's not. The school board's like, uh, none of this is relevant. We got not students relevant. we got to take care <laughs> like, of. Really? Like, really? It was just, maybe just don't quote scripture in class when, uh, you know, loaded questions and all that bullshit. The craziest thing is the homicide detective Christian. He, his, his, he talks about how when people do confessions, Everybody tells a story that has some truth in it that ties together, and everybody has different versions of it. And that is actually proof. So when things are wrong, that's actually proof of how right they are. So for this guy, 40 wrongs make a right. Yes, absolutely. Reliable eyewitness accounts. That's his whole thing. He applied his expertise to the death of Jesus and claims he's a Christian only because of evidence. Only because of evidence, not faith. Yeah, Strictly science scientific evidence liberal amy she goes on one of her liberal uh, news shows and they don't like her anymore. they are shocked they are shocked and again liberals are like the fox news style assassins in this world conservatives are like hey baby let's just debate this thing man right let's just be chill and cool hey we'll just talk about it groovy and it's funny because they're treating Amy like she's this very famous blogger. <laughs> Nobody else in this movie recognizes Amy at all. <laughs> what I love is that as liberal Amy is on the show, there's a look a Chiron beneath her as she's being interviewed that says, journalist researches Christianity. I mean, you just know how to grab them with headlines <laughs> like that. <laughs> 
So we're back in court. Pastor Dave. Oh, he's feeling a little sweaty. He's feeling a little woozy. This, he's feeling a little uh, appendicitis. This juror goes, you look terrible. You should go home. He looks no different at all. He looks just as sweaty and wet as he always does. <laughs> but yeah, he has an attack of appendicitis and falls out of the juror box. Falls out. The evil lawyer celebrates. He's like, that was the one guy I was worried about would convince everyone that God wasn't dead. I you see know. his devil horns sprout up just a little bit in that scene. <laughs> He's so happy. And who is going to replace him? Well, it's this punk rock girl, alternate juror. She has piercings, so she dyed couldn't hair. possibly be a no, Christian. Couldn't the, possibly. ACLU guy has this locked up because she's got piercings and dyed hair, and there's no way she could believe in Christ. <laughs> Throughout this entire thing, as you were saying about Ernie Hudson as the judge, <laughs> yes. he is responding to everyone's, like, first of all, this is an insane trial where we have no idea, like, who is being prosecuted or why. Like, what is fucking happening here? Brooke storms into the courtroom. This is the fucking this most like, amazing nothing moment. Nothing has happened. There's, like, dead silence in the courtroom. All of a sudden, Brooke just, like, storms right in. It's like, I demand to be put on the stand. I demand to be put on the stand. And he is like, young lady, please respect the sanctity of this courtroom. And she's like, put me on the stand, put me on the stand. And he's immediately like, okay, whatever, cool. Yeah. Like, the, went from sanctity of the courtroom to like, okay. A teenager stormed <laughs> like in a at a dramatic moment. Stormed in. And of course, Grace and her lawyer, as soon as this child <gasps> storms in, they immediately start scheming to get her yeah. on the stand. They're like, how can we exploit this child? How can we exploit her? <laughs> oh my God. Yes, this is great. This is so good for us. Like, what the fuck? This girl's parents have lost a child. Now, the movie paints them as horrible atheists, but nobody's worried about their mental state. They've lost their child. They could be in f complete denial. So, again, the judge just goes rogue for the fuck of it, says, go ahead, put him on the stand. But Ray Wise, the evil lawyer, for some reason, knows about a private conversation between Brooke and Grace. He, he knows all the pertinent information, information that no one, he could not possibly know unless either Brooke or Grace directly told him. Yes. I wrote that same thing down. How does he know that conversation? He knows about their conversation at the coffee house where Grace was like, God is the reason that I feel good and was grilling her about her brother and his religious beliefs and all that kind of My stuff. My favorite thing about Ray Wise's performance is right at this point where he has to choke out the word Christian. Yes. <laughs> Are you a Christian? <laughs> it's almost Linda Blair is Regan-esque. But yeah, the judge just allows, again, sanctity of the courtroom to Ray Wise harass this 16-year-old girl on the stand. And she confesses, she confesses to being a Christian. The smoking gun! <laughs> so Grace, obviously not feeling great, feeling like she's losing this thing. Faith starting to waver a little bit. Mm -hmm. But uh-oh, uh-oh, what's that? What's that I hear? The pitter-patter of little Christian feet at the door. There's a candlelight vigil for that wavering faith, baby. And a bunch of students and people from the community show up, and they sing, How Great Thou Art, a song about God that is now being sung about grace, because false idols are great. <laughs> All I could hear when also, I Also, this proves God. Yeah, somehow. Yeah, right? It just does. It does. Like earlier when Brooke says, well, God gave me my brother. When I was reading his Bible, God gave me my brother back for five minutes. Why did he fucking take him? Why didn't he give you a longer time? Anything? Yeah, that was all part of God's plan to help her come to Jesus. That's what's really, yeah. Uh, all I heard when I saw those young ladies singing outside was, 
Lambda, lambda, lambda. <laughs> We're the pies. <laughs> it's Revenge of the Nerds call out. That's good stuff. So now we oh, see Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee, scum of the earth and host of the TV show Points of View. Mike Huckabee, that great free thinker. He's got other great free thinkers on there, Rice Brooks and Gary Habernas. Their argument, it, you can boil it down to this. Jesus is famous, so teach him in all history classes. <laughs> that literally is their argument. That's, like, that's Je- absolutely. Jesus is a part of everyone's life. Everyone knows him. People know Jesus. Yeah, teach him in an AP United States history class. There's a couple moments in this movie where they almost accidentally tell the truth, and they almost accidentally prove their uh, the, <laughs> the uh, erroneousness of their side, or they prove the other side. Like this part where the Christianity guy on Mike Huckabee says, now if I apply the minimal facts method, it's like, oh yeah, you just explained Christianity. <laughs> the minimal facts, yeah. <laughs> you Very are, minimal. You explain- Almost you, non-existent. You apply minimal facts to everything you do. These facts are so minimal, you almost can't even tell they're there. <laughs> yeah, and what I love, this is the best part of the movie for me, is that Mike Huckabee, so he's on the show, and at the bottom of the screen, you can see a Chiron that has the title and the logo of the show. The show is called Points of View, because remember, they're very reasonable, and they just want to have points of view. Yeah. The three people on the show happen to all have the exact same point of view. That's just whatever. That's just coincidence. So again, the show is called Points of View. We cut back to Mike Huckabee at the end, and he's doing a send out, and he's basically saying, wow, sure sounds like the apocalypse is nigh. I mean, this is basically what he's saying. And he's like, I'm Mike Huckabee, and this is Point of View. Gets the goddamn name of his own show wrong. That's how fucking dumb this fuck is. I'm telling you, sometimes they accidentally say this this quiet part out loud. Point of view. You know what? Let's change the show. We've never had points. (laughs) We've never had more than one points. (laughs) Martin. Martin. I kept calling him Martin Yan, and I think that was just because of the the PBS guy. Yeah, the sizzling walk guy. Yeah, Cook. That yeah, was his father. If he would have been in this him with role, a walk. I would have liked this movie. <laughs> You'll never cook cashew chicken like me, slap. You'll never walk again. <laughs> You'll never walk alone. That's true. Mm. Near my God to thee, Dan. <laughs> What's Martin going to do? What's he doing? Where are you going, Martin? He's going to China. Spread the gospel to the commies. This was actually the, if I'm going to say one positive thing about this movie, I would say the Martin actually had a storyline and a plot and character development in this movie because he was questioning. Sure. He, had, he was newfound to faith and it cost him a lot to, but he doubled down on his faith. Yeah. And by the end, he's actually going to go teach what he believes is the true faith. There's one actual through line. If, I am atheist, and I and I ridicule your Christian propaganda films. But if you made a movie like that, that'd be an interesting movie sure. to me. And there was actually one I thought good storyline in this movie. Yeah, he has an actual journey. Yes. No, everyone else has like a point. They stick to that point, and they just deflect off. Yeah, and they're not speaking sort of. in pre-written setup dialogue. And we forgot to mention that there's this whole scene where everyone's kind of faith is wavering at a certain point. Martin kind of comes to the church in the middle of the night and then Brooke comes to the yeah. church and they talk and, and she asks him questions twist. Cause he was asking pastor Dave and questions. that's it. That's He kind of finds that he's actually good at answering now. Yeah. And yeah. she is bolstered and whatever. Yeah. Good for them. So we're in the final day of the trial. The <laughs> protesters, I've just been like showing up in force. 
protesters against God. Yes. Very shrill. Angry. Angry. Violent, screaming. Old. Shaking our fists at you. Yes. Kind of. The people who are the silent defenders of God. Yes. They are just super chill. They are very centered. They just they're carrying the burden. They're just and the taking hatred. it in, man. They're just taking it in. But what's great is that there's just this crazy amount of protests. There's a there's like a few kids with Brooke who are kind of sitting out front as sort of like kind of facing them down and sort of like you know we're we're on this side and you're on this side, and but they're all like, wow, my God, we're so overwhelmed by all the numbers and the hatred on the other side, and then. A group of like 10 people walk in and they're like, don't worry, God's got this. <laughs> and then like they sit down and the crowd is being like, whoa, you got like an extra 10 people. That's, that was the tip of the scales. We felt okay about attacking you before, but now there's 10. You doubled your number. <laughs> like, whoa. No, but there are so few of them. They just go and they sit down on the steps and then all the protesters are like, holy shit, whoa, whoa, step back, <laughs> step back. I didn't know God's got this, the God that I don't believe exists or that i do believe exists but is dead i fuck but we got one final witness in the trial one final witness call grace wesley to the stand and jesse metcalf the lawyer he's the one who calls her to the stand she's shocked yeah. Shut, what well, is, he's all dressed fancy what now, is all too. This now? He's all swagged out. What's all this then? And he asks Judge Ernie Hudson if he could treat his own client as a hostile witness. And of course, the judge is like, yeah, sure. Fuck the Constitution. I'll <laughs> yes. fuck it. Fuck, fuck this whole judge and jury shit. Fuck it. <laughs> like, I'm just rolling with it. Counselor, baby. I barely know what I'm doing. <laughs> Go ahead. I may be just a humble southern lawyer, but it seems to me we should shit all over this here constitution. (laughs) (laughs) So he starts grilling Grace. Grilling Grace forces her to reveal her conversion story. What was her conversion story? God asked her a question. What was the question? Who do you say that I am? Because remember, God is the Cheshire cat from Alice in Wonderland. Her answer to this, totally unrehearsed and just off the cuff, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Does that sound like something like an atheist would just pull out of their fucking ass? Right. Like, I don't know God. I don't know anything about God. Oh, Oh, no, I got it all. Context and everything. So now we go to... Ah, there's so many good scenes of this, but this might be my favorite of all of my favorites. Because it features the Newsboys, baby! That's right. Playing the hits of yesteryear and tomorrowyear, and also this year. Everything you've ever heard on a a while on hold with a church. (laughs) (laughs) So what are the Newsboys up to? What are they doing? Well, of course, they are playing a sold-out show, obviously. Obviously. At Grand Canyon State University. Obviously, in the middle of an afternoon on a weekday, as you do. And <laughs> during this concert, this sold out concert in front of thousands of devout Christians, he takes a phone call Lead on singer stage. Michael Tate <laughs> takes a cell phone call in the middle of the show, as you do. Holy fuck, dude. How much money do these fans pay to see a show in this arena in the middle of a day? <laughs> 
you can't like pay attention for one song, man. Like, God's put not your phone dead. away, He's Michael Tate. Me alive. God's not dead. Hold on, on, hold on. Hey, I gotta God, take no, this. Actually, I'm just gonna text her back and tell her I'll call her it later. It says scam likely, but I, I still gotta answer. Hold on, <laughs> this might be my work. Hang on. Yeah, it's, might be might be Ernie at the RV lot. You know, we we took three days off and he's pissed. <laughs> but who's calling? Who's calling in the middle of a show? Corky, who is it? Uh, ambush Amy. It's old ambush and liberal Amy, baby. And she wants the crowd to pray for whatever. Yeah, whatever. Just pray. Uh, and do they do it? Do they do it? Boy, talk oh. about a sure thing. They do it. They pray. What are we praying for? We have no context for this. Just pray. Pray. Does the praying work, Corky? Yeah. If praying can beat cancer, it can beat Ray Wise, the ACLU lawyer, all right? The jury finds Grace not guilty of no charges. And also, I guess that means God is alive. What It just it does. One of Ray Weiss's like, junior counselors says, oh, yeah, plus you actually... Uh, prove that the existence of Jesus. What? Ow. How did that Ow. happen? Oh, well, it's now, uh, there is a precedent. It is legal, document, recorded. Jesus exists. <laughs> Throw out every other case. And we find out the punk rock girl mm. was the mole all along. She's got a crucifix tattoo, and she nods to Grace and gives her a little wink of like, yeah, I fixed the jury. I tampered because they love that truth so, so fucking much. Right? Like, what? <laughs> Holy fuck. It's just like they're so into like, this is really cool that you get a Christian on this jury, and then they'll just immediately like throw they're not They will not be impartial in any way. They follow no, a higher law. No man. possibility. They're going to go in there and tamper with the jury. The dead milkmen were fucking liars, though, because punk rock <laughs> girls do not rule my world. Not this one. She sucks. And really, you know, I mean, you know Grace is going to be leading prayers. in. Cl- I mean, she's been vindicated oh, here, yes. right? Like, you really think she's going to go back and be like, okay, well, you know what? If someone asked me a direct question about Jesus, maybe I'll answer. Are you fucking oh, kidding no. me? She's leading off with prayer. She's ending with prayer. The, yeah. There's going to be no American history taught in that American history class for the rest of the semester. Yeah. She's been emboldened. So we do embolden the terrorists. Uh, the Newsboys perform their song with the lyrics. When did it become breaking a rule to say your name out loud in school? The answer to that musical question, it never did. Literally never. Never, ever, ever, never, never, not now, uh, future, probably not, not looking good. Cool song though. (laughs) No, great song. (laughs) Great song. Way to ask that question. Like. It demanded, a, it demanded an answer, so glad we could give that to you. Pastor Dave openly celebrates the decision in this case that he saw part of, so <laughs> no no pretense of impartiality there by Pastor Dave, who was a juror. And yeah, he proved the existence of God somehow. The end. Uh... No, because we have like 10 minutes of credits. First of all, the credit says, join the movement. Text everyone you know. God's not dead. He's surely alive. And then, of course, we get the website. We get a list of completely unassociated legal cases that have been fought. What's funny is that if you look at these cases, like every single one is like Christians suing a school. Yes. Not the other way around at all. And isn't it that a couple of these ACLU actually defended them? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Evil ACLU, you're evil unless you're not. 
Yeah, I would decided to pause it. They, they fly by. There's like dozens of them. Dozens. They fly by fo- so fast. And so I just none like, of them. I'm just going to pause one randomly and just look at it. So I paused. I found one case that involved March for Life, a pro-life group that wanted an exemption from, quote, the Obamacare abortion pill mandate. Yeah. Just to check around the room, everyone's taking your mandated abortion pills, right? I've, I've had two. Guys, it's the law. Yeah. Obamacare says so. <laughs> Take your abortion pills. <laughs> like, what? What? Oh, you're a crazy person. If you have to deliberately obfuscate and lie to your followers, again, you're not on the right side. So that is the end yeah. of the film. That's G-N-D-2. the end credits roll. Boom. And what? wrong. Wrong. You couldn't be wronger, Corky. You are dead wrong dan i had stoned this movie <laughs> no the movie has risen no i punished this movie to death post credits scene yeah post credit scene a stinger what's going on with the tesseract now <laughs> what's happening man what's going on in asgard post credit scene pastor dave remember old pastor dave remember that whole thing How with the subpoenas he is arrested he is arrested by the Hope Springs police and dragged to jail. Who apologized to him for We're arresting so him. We're <laughs> so sorry for this, Pastor Dave. We're no, arresting no. you for this non-crime. It's fine, guys. And he's, of course, Pastor Dave. He's chill. I'm a Christian. This is the best thing that could happen to me. I could martyr myself. So God's not dead, too. Any final thoughts on the film? Uh, no. No, I'm full of contempt and derision for this movie. Full of contempt? I hold you in contempt. <laughs> You're going to respect your contempt, the pertacrutenessness of this court, <laughs> the beatitude of this sanctity of these hallways. God damn it. No, I got nothing. No, it's uh, it's amazing, as this first film was amazing, but oh my God, it's terrible. It's just terrible. It's so poorly made, too, and it's just so naked in what it's trying to do. The hypocrisy, is just, it is off the fucking charts. I mean, in this movie, basically... The arguments in this movie boil down to jury tampering is bad, unless it's good. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy theories are ridiculous, unless they aren't. Exploiting children is bad, unless it's good. False idols are good, unless they aren't. Lawyers are evil, unless they're young and cute. Truth is good, unless lying and cheating is better for God. That's the whole like point of view of this movie. And what does this movie hate the most? The hypocrisy of atheists. <laughs> oh. Yeah, as I said, this movie... It's just about the government going up, literally rounding up and persecuting Christians yeah. for being Christian. Like it, it just it, it has a completely cracked view of America. It's right. Insane. I've kind of stopped just giving my judgment on these films, but then I keep dipping into just my problems with Christianity. But when you have a religion that's based on persecution, I think it can only tend to produce this kind of art if you can call it art. And now there's a cottage industry of these Christian propaganda movies. I mean, there's podcasts that are dedicated solely to covering these movies. Yeah. And this is one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's becoming that way. (laughs) So let's give our ratings. Just to remind everybody run of the mill, bad film. It's a dare. Next level, bad double dare. Reverse dare goes to the films that we actually kind of like. Corky, what is your rating for God's not dead? Utterly contemptible, loathsome, double dare. Every Shot is a tracking shot. Uh, Harold Cronk loves moving that camera around. Everything's a slow meditation moving along a dolly. And then also every line of dialogue is written to exposit someone's point of view and uh, is so heavily skewed to the Christian propaganda. Every line of dialogue 
we didn't even touch on it, but each line is like a throwaway to reinforce hypocrisy of atheists or supposed hypocrisy of atheists. And the movie sets it up, slam dunk, sets it up, slam dunk. You're not watching a movie. You're just watching a series of these kind of speeches happen. Here's the thing, though. Your double dare proves the existence of God. That's true. So I don't know how, but it does. <laughs> it just, it just does. does. Go with it. Double dare all the way. This is the most offensive movie ever made. Ah, <laughs> uh, Until the next one. Cronk. Just keep on cronking, baby. All right. That's all we have for you on this special action-packed episode of Dare Daniel. But we'll be back in two weeks to review another of your movie dares. Until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares to us at daredaniel.com and be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter.com. Corky, where can people find you preaching to the choir? Well, I'll be performing at uh, Grand Canyon University during the day doing a show, which in the middle I will take any and all calls that I sure. get from whether people I know or spam callers. Numbers, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll just take calls. and Facebook uh, messages? Do you take Facebook messages? I take Facebook messages on stage. <laughs> answer. That's got to be fun for the audience. Catch you at the Sacramento Comedy Spot Friday, Saturdays. Come down, watch shows, take classes, have fun. Do it. Don't make the baby Jesus cry. <laughs> For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. Our producer is Johnny Flores. He's not dead. No. He's surely alive. Surely alive. Well, I mean, surely. Let's not go overboard. And I'm Corky McDonald saying, God's not dead. We proved it in court. I don't know how the fuck we did it. It's in the public record. <laughs> Woo! Lo- love you. <laughs>